Welcome to the Great Lakes Fishing Podcast presented by Fishhawk Electronics. If you're looking for news, tips, and stories about fishing the Great Lakes, you've come to the right place. And now your host, Chris Larson. Hello and welcome to the Great Lakes Fishing Podcast. Captain Al Johnson from Rainmaker Charters in Kenosha, Wisconsin, joins the show for episode number 166. Al discusses the seasonalities of fishing Lake Michigan out of Kenosha, fishing with meat rigs, and the benefits of trolling fast. Captain Gerard Urbanozo is co-hosting this segment. Al, tell us about your charter and kind of what you do. Uh, well, I have two charter boats, uh, Rainmaker 4, Rainmaker 5. Uh, this will be my, unfortunately, my 38th year. Wow. Um, I've been, uh, my 19th birthday, I got my captain's license and been rolling ever since. Wow. So, and then I uh, grew up on the lake. I, my parents uh, literally 50 yards from the lake. And so pretty much been fishing Lake Michigan my whole life. So... All right, uh, you've been doing this since you're 19 years old. Mm -hmm. Are you out of, out of Winthrop Harbor here? Kenosha. Kenosha, all right. Yep. That's awesome. Well, we got somebody else, to, another port to talk about. Yeah. Uh, tell us about how, how Kenosha sets up. What's that like up there? Um, I, I think personally, probably one of the top ports on the lake. No, I'm not taking away from anybody else, but I think you North can. Point, Kenosha, Racine, um, Milwaukee, I think you get that little stretch of 40 miles or whatever. I don't think you can beat us for consistency. Um, you know, I know other ports catch more kings at times and stuff like that. But if you want numbers and it's proven by the DNR, I mean, our numbers are always the highest. Um, we just have a, I think we have a good, good base from the spring all the way through the summer and then into the fall. Mm -hmm. I think our fishing stays pretty consistent. Tell me about the structure out of Kenosha. Well, we have a hill. Uh, we, we call the hill. It's a drop off from like 55 to 110. And then from there, it's pretty flat going out, you know, pretty flat drop off. You get up north towards Racine, you have a series of hills. Um, you know, Racine is eight miles from port to port. Um, and there's more structure as you get up there. You know, you have what we call the honey hole and places inside the hill. And then there's there's three a series of three hills. Um, there's jogs that go in and out off the hills up there. I like fishing. I probably fish 75% of my time up towards to the north. Um, I just think, I mean, that's just me. And plus, I, you know, I have good friends up there also do, you know, work a lot of information. And I think the king fishing up there is is more consistent and better when you get to the north. I, I just think because of the structure and the way, you know, the way it sets up, you know, so. But I'll get up, you know, anywhere we call it 3,800, 3,900, 40. That's the, to me, that's the best area on the hill. 3,950 to 4,100, I don't think there's a better spot on the hill when the kings are there. Very good. Tell me a little bit of how, how the year sets up. What is it, What are the seasonalities like? This year, I didn't start early. I had my hip replaced six weeks ago, so I was kind of, kind of lagging behind some of the captains. But this year, they were they actually started on the beach, um, 15 to 30 foot of water. Uh, it was kind of like the old days. You know, you go out, I mean, 30 fish in a couple hours. Um, you know, that's how the old days were. You know, you'd, you'd come out of the harbor, set up, you'd throw, make a pass down, make a pass back, and you had your fish. That's kind of how it's set up. Now, the last couple of weeks, it's slowed up a little bit. Now we're fishing out in the deeper, I've been fishing out in the deeper water, uh, anywhere from, we were fishing 120 to 150, now we're 150 to 180, now we've been outside of 200. Now, I, I haven't fished in a couple of days, so I don't know what's happened in the last couple of days, but getting get the mixed bag, you know, coals, getting some kings, there were some kings on the hill, 
Not a lot. My best trip has been 14. Um, so I'm steelhead. And then the trout seem to be there when you want to fish them. The lake trout, I did fish them one day on the bottom. My guys wanted to fish trout. And we, we caught four or five trout in a couple hours, and I wasn't working them that hard. So I don't think there's a big number of them on the bottom. But, you know, and the cohos, the cohos are, it's just, I mean, honestly, so, so fishing on them. You know, it's, they're small for some reason this year. I don't know if it's this, they couldn't find bait this winter or they weren't on the bait or I don't know what's going on, but they're, they're probably a pound to two pounds smaller than normal. Yeah. So that's, I've heard the same thing yeah. on, the, so, on the side from a couple different places. And I, and I don't know. I mean, when I was down in the Harbor, you know, you got, we, we had the normal bait in the Harbor spawning. It's been that way for 50 years, you know, and it seemed to appear to be a lot of bait come out of the Harbor. The graph is full of bait. Everything's, you know, but the, I don't know why the fish are smaller. You know where they stock later I, I don't know but they're they're definitely and then some of the fish you catch in the deep water you know they're they're eating bugs and they're starting to get on the alewives you can tell they're starting to get on the alewives so maybe they're just lagging behind a little bit i don't think there's a lack of bait fish i think it's just that they're they're just getting on it you know so yeah it was a, kind of a weird season the way yeah. we didn't have that like really super cold winter right but it seemed like winter didn't want to give up no. So I don't know if maybe the alewives are just a little behind in getting and, and that finished could, up. And that could be. I mean, my, my captain that works for me, Dion, went out you know, a couple of weeks ago and we were we were catching alewives for uh, meat rigs. You know, we he cures them and we do that way. We use them for meat rigs. And uh, him and my son caught as many as they wanted, no problem. Right. You know, so it wasn't like they were, you know what I mean? They were thick in there. So, And uh, let's talk about that because that's something that, People do, but it's not something that I hear a lot. It's not something I've heard a lot about tonight is, is people running meat rigs. Tell me about uh, how you run your meat and why you like it. I don't run meat rigs a lot, to be honest with you. Okay. Um, I fish tournaments and I run them in, in tournaments because I believe that, you know, if you're looking for that one big king or two big kings, um, they work. I mean, don't get me wrong. I fool around with it on charters, but um I, I like I fish Sturgeon Bay up there for Salmon Arama now in the KD tournament up there. So I'm up there for two and a half, three weeks, and we have a meat meat rig out all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot to it. I don't think a lot of guys on this side of the lake know how to fish meat rigs like they do on the other side. And I'm not I'm just because they there's guys over there that run seven, eight meat rigs on on their boats. Um, there's a lot to, to bending the head and heating the head and spin, you know, getting the head to spin right. If it's spinning too fast, that's no good. If it's spinning too slow, that's no good. Um, you know, it's kind of it's kind of tricky to it. You know, I, I mean, I I don't think I've mastered it as good as a lot of people, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. Um, but they do catch fish. Caleb Thorne, who fishes with me, he's, you know, we we when we fish tournaments together, me him and Dion, it's always like, well, we got to get a meat ring down. Why well, let they, you know them handle it? You know. Right. Um, I I think they work good on the bottom. Mm-hmm. I put them on the bottom for lake trout once in a while. When when we're when we can't get anything else to get bit, I'll throw a meat rig on the bottom, and sometimes that meat rig will work good. You know, I don't know if they, they can smell it and get some excited. No, I'm talking about a 150 and out. You know, the 250 to you know out past. We don't. I don't like to get on the bottom outside of 250 because it's it's hard to get down there. Yeah. But we will. You know. How does that affect control? Are you going faster with a meat rig, slower when you get the meat, meat down? Does it affect what you're doing? I troll fast all the time, so I think that's one of the reasons my meat rigs don't work as good. Yeah. Um, I, I, you know, king, kings and coals swim at 30 miles an hour. Right. To go two miles an hour, I think, is too slow. And if you talk to the guys across the lake right now, I was talking to Dave Engel today from Best Chance, and he told me, he goes, Al, you can't catch the kings unless you're going around three miles an hour. 
And I said, really? I said, Dave, why? I mean, he goes, I don't know what's going on. He goes, I'm telling you, if I can't, if the speed's too slow, I got to kick it up. Now, I don't think, I, I like, I use the GPS more than I do anything over the ground because I think it's true. Mm-hmm. You know, I look at my downriver cables. I use, I love my fish hawk. Um, I, I use my fish hawk more for temperature than I do for speed. Mm-hmm. But I, I, I'm always 2728 up to three miles an hour. And I, I run more spin doctors than a lot of people on this side of the lake. You know, because yeah, you're going fast. I, I, I think spin doctors are better at a faster speed. And if yeah. you think about it in a five hour charter or a six or seven hour tournament, if I'm going a mile an hour faster than the other guy or a half mile an hour, do the math. Yeah. You know, that's three miles more than the other guy. You know, um, I, I have a lot of success with Lake Trout using spin doctors. I like having the guys that you know. like to troll fast. I call you guys Ricky Bobby's. Yeah. <laughs> Ricky Bobby just wants to go fast. Yeah. So I, I love I love having the guys on that want to go fast. Um, and, and you kind of brought it up right there, why you do it. I mean, over if you go half mile an hour faster over a six-hour troll, you're yeah, and, 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 and honestly, I, I bought, you know, my last couple of boats, I have diesel boats. Um, my my 36 tier that I owned previously was a gas boat, but I could never get it slow enough. And I was like, you know what, I got to figure this out, mm-hmm. you know. And, and, and what Caleb brought up, you know, about the coppers and stuff, about spoons and that, um, I love Dodgers on deeper coppers, mm-hmm. okay, but I run more – Dodger fly setups in tournaments because we're looking for kings, you know, and and we don't need you know a hundred fish to hit. We need you know specific fish to hit, and it needs to be good sized. Um, and then and then uh, my shallower coppers, I'm always spoons. You know, very rarely will I put a Dodger on a on a in Caleb like Caleb was saying. And and different from Caleb is I don't run a lead outside fifty feet of water. Okay. I run all coppers. I, I even when it, the only time I'll put a lead out is there's a lot of steelhead around. Mm-hmm. I'll put it up, but otherwise it's all coppers. Coppers are they're, they're more true. They're more you know. I'm running the rod to get it down. I don't need you know. I truly believe after a ten color lead, when you get 12, 15 color leads, I think they come back up. Yeah, you're getting so much line out there. You get a belly in the line and it floats back up. Right. And I think a copper is true. And I won't run anything over a three hundred copper because yeah. I don't want to bring it in. So yeah. I don't want my people to bring it. Up. No. Nothing like and that. And, and I, going think, on. Here you go. Yeah, I my first mate even looks at me. He goes, "Nah, you know." But I don't. I don't. I just. I know. You know. Everybody else say, "Oh, we got a four fifty work." Now, you know what? If he's going to bite that four fifty, he's going to look at a three hundred. Right. I, I truly believe that. You know. And I and I and I, I dial in. I I, you know, like our tournament spread. I think we were talking the last time I did that with Mike and Rob. You know. When I run a tournament, it's three riggers, two wire dipsies, and four boards. That's, we never change from that, mm-hmm. unless we're trying to catch a coho or something and need one more fish. Because we're, we, I truly believe I can get my downriggers and and you know my wire dipsies. I think wire dipsies are the number one rods on the boat for kings. I really do. If you can get them dialed in, I think they just there's something about the wire and there's something the way that you know it vibrates or something. But I I run four wires all the time in the summer. You know. I'll run two wires deep and I run two wires up higher, you know, unless, unless like Caleb said, sometimes I do thin my spread out a little bit, but not very often, you know, it's usually four, three and I'll, I'll run three boards on the side. That's my summer spread. You know, I run a 150, a 200, usually a 300 or a 150, 200, and a 250. So you talk a little bit about, you know, running tournament versus chartering. Why is it? Tell us a little bit about that that strategy change. Why is it different from a tournament compared to a charter? Well, tournaments you can only run nine rods, mm-hmm. so um, it, it depends on the tournament. You know, we've had we've had a lot of success. I've been successful in tournaments, and my crew's good. You know, um, one of the things I tell guys a lot of times is information. 
you know, you have to you have to weed through the information. What's good information? What's bad information? You know, who's telling you the truth? Who's not? And if you don't think that, I mean, you know, we fished. Me and Arnie fished quite a few tournaments over across the lake, and one of the one our two jobs was Arnie would go get the information. I would clean and get the boat ready. You know, I'd say go do your captain thing. Go talk to people. Yeah. You know, figure Arnie's out. Arnie's good at talking. Yeah, exactly. So you know, but uh, but you know, with the tournaments, I mean, it's it's you know, we we, we go at it. Everybody does different tournaments different. You know, the key thing for tournaments when you got a ten fish weigh in, you want you know four big lake trout. Do you go for the lake trout first? Do you go for them after you get a few kings if you can get kings? Are there kings around? You know, it's it's just all you know. Um, it depends. I typically like to fish the kings right away out of the gate, mm-hmm. and and I, if you're gonna, I truly believe if you're gonna get them. You're gonna get you're gonna get a few early, and then and then then don't wait long for the lake trout. Lake trout are huge in tournaments. They're because of the weight. You know, they're having that tournament on the tenth, and if I decide to fish it, I'm gonna put a lot of effort into the te- into a lake trout. You know, to try to catch two big lake trout. You know. And I, I, you know, and then after that, it's just, you got to make in tournaments, what a lot of guys fail in tournaments is you have to have 10 fish. Mm-hmm. You want to weigh 10 in most tournaments. You want to have that because you have to have 10 to have a chance. You know, if you go to the scale with eight and I go there with 10, well, chances are you're not going to make it up. I don't care how much weight you have. Right. You know, so where our biggest thing is to make sure we get 10. Sometimes we won't shake off a small fish early, even efficient is good because you don't want to get down to the crunch time with an hour left you need one or two fish right you know so that's kind of the way we look at things you know Very so, good. you got some uh questions coming somebody named al johnson comes out here and he wants to know uh what do you use when you're out in the cold and it's very rainy and windy <laughs> i'm guessing he's he, he might be kind of jabbing a little bit yeah probably i think that's your son right probably yeah <laughs> go to bed <laughs> <laughs> next question. <laughs> I won't tell you what the next question is, but here's a question from from Scott Garbs, and Scott's been joining us all night long. He says, uh, "How do those big eight inch uh, paddle style flashers do at three miles an hour?" Uh they're okay. I mean, you think that they're you know they're they're rarely whipping, and they are. Um, if if I'm really cruising. You know, if I'm up there right at three, I'll run more spoons and spin doctors. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't run the big paddles. I don't run the 10 or 11 inch paddles when I'm going that fast. Mm-hmm. Um, if, if, if we start out in the morning and even on a charter and we're not catching fish, I bump the speed up. Mm-hmm. Because my theory is I want to cover some water. You know, typically in the morning in July or August, I'll set up on the up on the hill. I love to fish the hill early to try to catch kings if there are some around. Um, and and then we troll off because you know, like Sarah being from Racine, she can tell you 120 to 140 a lot of times the old kings. Mm-hmm. And and you know, so if we don't get bit in the first 15, 20 minutes, we'll slide off, start going east. And then and then I'll start changing a little bit. You know, I'll start a lot of times to spin doctors and spoons, and then I'll start changing. You know, if we're gonna fish like trout, I slow down a little bit, you know. If we're getting six six thirty now, and we don't want to have a, a good number of fish, and I know I'm going to have to start fishing lake trout, I'll start slowing down and put more paddles up. I mean, our go-to flies, you know, it's the white hot spot with the lead and glow and, and frog is our number one setup. It's been number one for ten years. You know, it, it's our go-to one. You know, the frog, little boy blue. I love mirage. I love mirage. The crinkle mirage with in dirty water. I love that that fly. You know, with with yellow beads and and I think I think what a lot of people miss and 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 I. I say this in almost every seminar I do is watercolor. The watercolor changes every single day. And you tell them in the morning, yeah, what's different? 
Oh, I don't know. You know, he'd say, that's I don't know. Look at the water. Yesterday was crystal clear. Today it's rocky. You know, to me, that makes a huge difference. And I don't think people notice that more. You know, they, they go out every day. They think nothing changes. It changes. I mean, I'm telling you. The, and it's not so much the wind. It's the currents. We have more, more current than, than people eyes. Yeah. And I think Dan and Arnie might have talked about that. But they, it's just more than you, you know. And it, just the other day, prime example. The water was clear out in the deep water. Then all of a sudden, we go out and Dion says, because, man, look at the water. Man, did it change. Mm-hmm. And it was it had the chalky color to it, you know. And we changed a little bit for coals. It's not much, but I like yellow when the water's dirty, um, especially on the inside. So, so that structure, I'm sure those currents hit the structure. Yeah. I think wind that. point. I think wind point all the way out to 300 feet of water does more with the currents than people realize. Mm-hmm. And there's some good guys out of out of the, you know you talk to Jim Mueller out of Racine and and Dustin and these guys Dustin and me would talk about them currents out in the deep water all the time. You know, and he made a living out in that deep water, you know, so it, it yeah, it, it's a lot more than you think, you know. Jerry, do you have anything for real? So when you're going three miles an hour, do you ever, do you need to adjust leader lengths on the eight inch? I run, I run, so I'm, I'm not as precise as Caleb at 17 and 27, but um, <laughs> I here to here is my coho flies. <laughs> it's, about eight, got a tape measure? Yeah. Arm, it's about 18 inches, about 18, to okay. be honest with you. Um, my, my. My regular flat dodgers, I'm 24 inches all the time. I never yeah. change them. Uh, um, spin doctors, I, I, I do 24, but a lot of times I'll lengthen up to 26. The big paddles, like Caleb was saying, honestly, if we're fishing lake trout, as long as 48 inches. Mm-hmm. You know, um, our number one, my number one setup for lake trout down deep last year was the big kingfisher with a regular frog. I mean, it beat the spinning low. It was more consistent for me. It was. Mm-hmm. Um, we run them real far back, and we get the big whip weight down there. You know what I mean? So I'll slow down two five, two six. You know, but if I'm fishing up high and I'm fishing, I'm moving. That's just my theory. You know. Yeah, I love that. I'm going to slow down the two five, two six. Yeah, you don't hear that too often. But I don't run. I mean, and on the bottom, you know, and it's um, and I learned this from Dave Engel. I learned that he was he was kicking our butt with lake travel across the lake, and I said, man, I can't keep, dude. Come on, come clean. You know, and he showed me. You know, and and it's it just spin doctor running them different. You know, little little longer length and a little bit more. And and I'll tell you what, you know, you can you can move a little faster that way. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that's kind of my theory. I mean, a lot of people, you know, it, and it's hard. It's hard, like up in Sturgeon Bay when I fish up there because you can see guys are going slower and I'm passing. You know, not all the time. You know, you get some of the the littler guys that are cruising along pretty good, but. I, I think I truly believe we've all seen it. If you're fishing up, you've seen a bait, you've seen a fish, you're bringing in a lure, and all of a sudden that fish comes out of nowhere. Mm. Well, how fast is he moving? Right. Pretty fast. You know, if you put a camera on a downrigger ball, how many fish look at it before they bite? Mm-hmm. You know, they say 10. Mm-hmm. And then at that one, you trick them one. Yeah. You know, I mean, then that's really what you're doing. You try to trick them, you know. So I've seen that when I dropped the camera before, there's two, three fish following it, and all of a sudden yeah. the one that ate it came from the side. Yep. It was yep. not following yep. it. So, and how many times do you get bit when when one fish bites and all of a sudden another rod goes and another rod goes? Well, they get excited. Right. Well, this one goes and this guy only the other one, you know. So, I wish it happened all the time like that. <laughs> but, what about spoons? Do you have? Do you prefer any spoons over another when uh, you're going fast, I, like super slims? I, I like super slims. I like stingers. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, I put a little bend in the stinger. I take it out of the package, and I just think you get more. I put it in my thumb and I bend the tip a little bit. Mm-hmm. I think. It, it gives a better action. Uh, I love moonshines. I mean, I love proteins. I like the, you know, the regular Oz protein, the white protein. Um, you know, I like the uh, the moon the moonshines. Are, to me, I, it seems like any day you can get a moonshine to work. You know, some variation the blue flounder, probably green flounder, probably you know, dirty toad, whatever. They have, there's a million of them out there. 
it just seems like when you get dialed in on one, you know, they, they seem to work pretty good, mm-hmm. you know, so. All right. Very good. Captain L. Johnson. Appreciate your time. Yeah, appreciate you coming on. Thank you. If no wants to know more about you and your charter, how uh, it's raidmakersportfishing.com, or you can, you know, phone or text me at 262-620-2976. Very good. Captain L. Johnson. Appreciate you Thanks for listening to the Great Lakes Fishing Podcast presented by Fishhawk Electronics. For more information on fishing the Great Lakes, visit our blog at fishhawkelectronics.com.